Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. This is our weekly waiver wire show, our second to last weekly waiver wire show as we are sitting here in week 15 championship week is next week we won't have a um we won't have a a waiver wire podcast for week 17 because you probably you know should not be playing week 17 so a pretty interesting week though honestly when i was sitting down to end up writing the waiver wire content this week i was i was pretty pleasantly surprised by what i found i think there are a lot of names worth worth adding basically um so every week we go through tiers we have our potential difference makers we have our borderline starters and then our deep league ads you know 14 teams 16 teams stashes dynasty league stuff like that starting at the top i'm actually going to start with jalen hurts before deandre washington he became only the second nfl quarterback ever to rush for 100-plus yards in his very first NFL start. Hertz actually rushed more times than Miles Sanders. The team ran a bunch of zone read, option-style stuff, which is what Hertz did in college at Oklahoma when he was super successful and finished second in the Heisman voting. Basically, he looked like uh, the best-case scenario for what I expected Hurts' first career to look like, uh, his first career game. He's a decent, not great passer. I don't really think that matters. He's really already proven the thesis behind ranking him as a top-12 fantasy quarterback. Any quarterback who can run for 100-plus rushing yards, who gets those short yardage rushes, is going to be a must-start in fantasy. Like, Think about how bad Cam Newton has been as a passer. Uh, Cam, I think, has only thrown four passing touchdowns all season long, but has maintained you know, 18, 19, 20 fantasy points per game status just because he rushes so much. And Hurts has uh, you know, good guys to throw to, right? He has Jalen Rager, he has Travis Fulgham, Alshon Jeffrey, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders. This is a, a successful and talented offense around him. And I think we need to be starting him. He is an every week starter uh, in week 15, week 16. And then I guess if you are playing in week 17 as well, uh, if you've been starting a Big Ben, Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan style quarterback, even Tom Brady, I think you definitely want to be buying in on Jalen Hurts this week. Uh, the best running back ad this week is going to be DeAndre Washington. He was very disappointing relative to expectations against the Chiefs. But I think that was kind of the worst spot for him. The Chiefs were basically up 10 points uh, for over half of the game. That caused Patrick Laird, my guy, to outsnap Washington 42 snaps to 39. They were the only two active running backs. Uh, Elijah McGuire was technically active, but didn't play an offensive snap. Miles Gaskin and Matt Breida are both on the COVID-19 list. Savan Ahmed has not returned to practice from injury. That really leaves Laird and Washington as the only running backs on the roster who are going to play. I mean, maybe McGuire plays like five snaps next week or something, but uh, the... 
the Dolphins get really solid matchups against the Patriots and Raiders the next two weeks. Washington is going to project far more favorably in those games. So I definitely think that um, he is worth, you know, if you need a running back, if you could use 12 projected PPR points or whatever, uh, basically I think you could spend the rest of your fab on him. Uh, but I don't think he is like a, a mega home run. Moving to our borderline starters, we have Chad Hansen, who is the actual replacement for Will Fuller. He is just playing Will Fuller's position. Kiki Cutie is playing Randall Cobb's position. And the team is definitely playing more 12 personnel. Steven Mitchell Jr. actually led the Texans wide receivers and snaps played against the Bears in their blowout loss. And Kiki Cutie secured the lone touchdown. But Hanson, I actually think, has the most valuable role. He has seven targets in back-to-back weeks um, and basically equal footing with Kiki Cutie in terms of how these guys need to be projected moving forward. And it's, I think it's also worth noting Hansen is like not some retread. He had a 35% dominator rating uh, in his lone season at the University of California where he played as a starter. 88th percentile agility for a wide receiver. I think that both Hansen and Kiki need to be added in all 12-team PPR leagues. And I think that it's probably likely we just don't see Brandon Cooks for the rest of the year. Uh, Watson played really poorly against the Bears, but obviously that's not our baseline expectation for him. So I I, I think Hansen is going to be a guy I'm pretty willing to start um, over the next couple weeks. KJ Hamler <clears throat> coming off of the two touchdown game. He didn't see a massive role change or anything like that. But I think the fact that he was able to score two touchdowns on three targets basically uh, is the is the explainer for why we need to be adding guys like him, especially in Dynasty. I've seen him touted as kind of like a Dynasty sell, but that's the exact opposite of how I think. Guys who were able to get on the field and produce as rookies, especially like without crazy draft capital, end up being Dynasty buys. So I'm, I'm pretty interested in adding Hamler, uh, you know, just young guys with crazy speed like this uh, who produce uh, just have massive ceilings. Like, what's really the difference between KJ Hamler and McCole Hardman? You guys know that pains me to say, but it's true. Moving on here, we have the Bengals running backs, Trevion Williams and Samaj Pirine. I think for a lot of different reasons, Giovanni Bernard played only 14 snaps for the Bengals on Sunday against the Cowboys. Travion played 27. Pirine played 28. Williams was the best in the small sample against the Cowboys with a success rate of 50% compared to sub-30% rates for Pirine and Bernard. Travion was a really good running back in college, and I think that that has kind of been forgotten with all of the, you know, people were talking about Rodney Anderson. Obviously, we've seen Pirine, but his final season at Texas A&M, 271 rushes, 1,800 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns, 27 receptions, 278 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Performed well at the Combine. I've been keeping him on the bottom end of my dynasty rosters for a while. P. Ryan has been a, a career retread. He's played for like five different teams, although he was a really good college player at the University of Oklahoma as well. It seems likely that there just is not much of a role left for Giovanni Bernard. So next year, we could see him be cut. Travion Williams become the primary handcuff to Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon has missed time with injury every year of his career probably likely to project him to continue missing time with injury. Uh, and he also is not, uh, you know, I, I think there's enough room for a secondary running back inside of this Bengals offense. Obviously, the offensive line needs to get better. Obviously, Joe Burrow has to come back from injury. But um, Travion, I, I would be putting some small bids out on this week, but then also would be bidding on him in my dynasty leagues if he was out there as well. In fact, right when I get done with this podcast, I'm going to go do a Travion Williams check in some of my dynasty leagues to see if he is available. 
Uh, I actually think maybe the ad of the week, and maybe I should have put him in the clear difference makers category, is Lynn Bowden Jr. Uh, he might, if you need a receiver, he might be worth kind of the rest of your fab as well. Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant both got injured in the Dolphins game against the Chiefs. Uh, Bowden played 71% of the snaps, saw nine targets, caught seven of them for 82 yards. Also uh, had a couple chances to throw passes. If you remember, Lynn Bowden was a quarterback in his final season in college at the University of Kentucky. Obviously, probably that would be maybe one play a week. And you guys know I do have major weaknesses for players like Bowden who are capable of contributing in multiple ways. You know, Corderell Patterson, uh, just these gimmick style players. I, I do. I absolutely love them. And I, I'm not uh, not ashamed to say it, but he basically was a pure slot wide receiver. And in this short Miami passing offense, I think you want the slots. I mean, we've seen Gasicki excel with Tua, and I think that, you know, those quick little passes with Tua are really what you want. And I, I think for the rest of the season, he might have like a 10-touch roll, and he's free on the waiver wire right now. So given how productive Bowden was in college, I consider him a must-add in all formats. Also, if you can ship like a rookie fourth for him in Dynasty Leagues, or if the team that has him is a contender and you could give them – you know, some kind of more immediate points than Lynn Bowden Jr. I would be trying to do that as well. Uh, our final uh, potential difference maker is going to be Jeff Wilson Jr. Basically, we can always count on the Shanahan's to do this with us. Tevin Coleman comes back, Raheem Moser comes back, and Jarek McKinnon is active. And then Jeff Wilson Jr. is in a straight 50-50 split with Raheem Moser last week. He's been on the team for three seasons and has spent more time as like a fourth stringer and on the practice squad than playing, but he's always been effective when he's played. So I guess it's really not that surprising to see him in the timeshare with Mostert. It was bizarre to see McKinnon relegated to special teams. And then Tevin Coleman played four snaps, you know, clearly behind Jeff Wilson Jr. and behind Mostert. And also, Jeff Wilson Jr. just gets the high-value touches. He gets the goal line work. He has eight targets over the 49ers' last two games. Basically, Mostert and Wilson Jr. have the same fantasy value moving forward. Mostert is owned in every league. Wilson is owned in almost none. So I would I would be adding him this week um, You know, in my 12-team PPR leagues. I think you could maybe even start him next week and... You know, it's crazy, but here we are, week 15. We're starting Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, moving on now to our deep league targets, we have to move to more 49ers because of injuries to Debo Samuel. And, of course, George Kittle remains out. But with Debo out, Kendrick Bourne is going to become the clear starter on the outside. I'm not really that excited about him. He'll play in two wide receiver sets. He's not going to earn a crazy targets per route run. Richie James, though, I, I just think Richie James might be a baller. And I know he's been on the 49ers for three years, so I guess it's not really that much better than James who's been on there for four years. But I just I cannot forget that game against Green Bay. 13 targets, nine receptions, 184 yards, and a touchdown. Three for 33 this last week against the Washington football team on 32% of the snaps. And I guess, you know, to be fair, if I'm going to bring up the game against Green Bay, 97% of the snaps, five targets, three receptions uh, against New Orleans in Week 10, and then in Week 12, one target, one reception on 88% of the snaps. So in all likelihood, both of these guys are probably not very good ads, but I just, James, I just, I can't quite shake him because that Green Bay game was just so phenomenal. And now we don't have to worry about Debo. We don't have to worry about Kittle. So pretty much going to be full playing time for both Bourne and James. 
Uh, another deep wide receiver, Tyron Johnson. Mike Williams got immediately injured for the Chargers against the Falcons, played only two snaps. Jalen Guyton stayed in his same role. Keenan Allen, of course, stayed in his role. That enabled Johnson to play a career-high 54 snaps. This was only the second game where Johnson has seen more than one target. He turned that into seven targets, six receptions, 55 yards, and a touchdown. He is uh, a, more of a, a burner than like a polished receiver, uh, 4-4-1, 40-yard dash time. Basically, the, the quality you'd look for in a UDFA wide receiver is, is he fast and is he able to earn deep targets? Both of those things have seemed true for Johnson in a short time in the NFL. He is a, uh, I mean, not a very good, he is a decent ad at this point and kind of, a, a, again, an interesting uh, waiver wire target in Dynasty Leagues as well because if you're if you're thinking about it, he's tied to this incredible offense. What if he beats out Guyton next year? What if Mike Williams leaves or continues his injury problems? What happens when Keenan Allen gets retired? You know, there is this window for passing game option for you know passing weapons in the uh, in the offense here. So you know, a good offense. So he's a dart I'm trying to throw in my deeper dynasty leagues. Then a non dynasty ad, but just a regular 12 team PPR league ad. We got Mac Hollins with Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant injured. Lynn Bowden Jr. is going to play slot only. So Mac Hollins is going to play the Devontae Parker role. Obviously, he's not as good as Devontae Parker, but he that's the, that is the most valuable role. He has only 17 targets on the season, but nine of them came in that catch-up effort against the Chiefs. The Dolphins, the Dolphins are not going to be as pass-heavy against the Patriots this upcoming week, but Holland should project for you know five to seven targets or so, and I know that there are some formats where that matters. Um, and then I, I guess I will give a slight mention here to David and Joku, who on uh, Monday night, uh, basically with Austin Hooper out with injuries, was uh, kind of the lead receiving tight end for the Cleveland Browns. And then if Cole Komet is still out there in your league, I've been talking about him a bunch. But yeah, obviously Cole Komet is the top tight end ad this week and for the rest of the season. So everyone, uh, thank you for listening. Good luck in your fantasy football playoffs. And we'll see you back next week for Championship Week. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.